0: Welcome to the Lead Team podcast. Every week, the Lead Team at Tate Springs will review our Sunday services, everything from the message to worship and whatever else comes to our minds. Let's dive in.
1: We are three. We are on staff retreat right now, sitting on a front staff porch. We have a lake in front of us. Is there a name to this lake? Lake Bruh. Lake Lake Bruh. Lake Bruh. Bruh. Like Huc- Tawak- Huckleberry Nakano. Lake. No, it's Lake Tawakanakano. It's got to have Lake like...
0: Tawakanakano?
1: It's got to have like a camp name. It's you know? Huckleberry Lake. Lake yeah. Chicka Chicka Wack Wack. <laughs> All right. Should yeah. We, we <laughs> keep- you're going to edit that out, right? Nope. So uh, we are recording this a day late than we've been. And I was thinking, wow. Um, usually we recorded on Monday about you know 30 maybe 30 hours after the service has ended yeah it's pretty fresh. it's pretty fresh but here we are a little bit i was just reviewing
0: later. your sermon slides to kind of
1: get it back well were life. you really yeah wow you're spiritual i yeah. mean i want yeah, to about what we're talking so about. i actually pulled up get my notes bro my, my bible uh the bible that i use my journal bible for uh preparing sermons so i read this through the week and i
2: and I uh, put all so, these notes down. So Wait, it's been sermon. long enough. You preached this week? So apparently <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a very memorable
0: sermon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Hey, so, here's, what,
2: here's what I remember. There was a Frodo reference. There was extensive Frodo referencing and a, a Chris Paul basketball reference. That's true. There was extensive? extensive? Wasn't there only one Frodo reference? You had it, but you but had you it. like
1: for length. You closed, I mean
2: like length. at the close, you really leaned into the Frodo because, I mean, it fit. And so, and because you're afraid that there's been like, an absence of frodo uh, yeah in the yeah. Last so we've been teasing months. you about that yeah so. that's true so uh,
1: on sunday we continued our sermon series when in rome and uh this sermon was about living together as outsiders and uh, the sermon uh the short idea of the sermon was that paul was talking about the power of being together in a bottom-up hierarchy and so a lot of times as christians we think uh, that the way that we influence the world is by a top-down structure and so we say, well, the most important thing I can do as a Christian is cast my vote. And while that is an important thing to do, it's not the way that we implement the kingdom of God. The way that we implement the kingdom of God is around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's even it's even more bottom, you could say, uh, in, in the society uh, than even in, in some context, even the church. And so because it's the family unit that God gives us, and then that family unit gets plugged into a church, and then that church disciples and equips and so on and so forth out from there. So we talked about how Paul, uh, he was this apostle and he didn't really, I mean, he had met Jesus and he had all this, he had really everything you could think of. Uh, he he intimates that he went to heaven, he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, and yet he says he wants to be with the Roman believers. Why? So that he can be together to give, be together to receive and be together to share. Uh, and the result of that is that the whole world was touched by the Roman believers uh, and it was by the simple act of just being together and then the ripple effects of that. So that was really what we talked about. Um, you know, what'd you guys, uh, what questions did y'all have anything that you know jumped out at you or questions that you had or uh, about, about the word of God that day?
2: Yeah. For me, I, I felt like, um, you know, as you unpacked the 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 bottom up instead of the top down, you know, it's literally what Jesus modeled for us when he came he didn't come as the reigning king like all the jews thought he was going to he came as a baby in this humble you know born in a manger kind of a thing and then he taught this countercultural concept of the first will be last and the last will be first that the leader is the servant and thus washing the feet of his disciples and all these kinds of things that's all a a bottom up kind of mentality of how he how he modeled things for us not a top down and and god's never modeled things from a top down mentality for us and so for us to implement that into our daily lives is actually opposed to the scripture yeah that's that's interesting so he he does he
1: does model he he does operate from top down and that's kind of the point in fact that's actually what this next sunday will be about um is that Uh, God is God, and He alone is God, Right. and He's the one who created creation and created us, and so it's top-down insofar as there's only one top, and that's God Mm -hmm. Himself, and we have to understand uh, that that God is God, and we are not, and so when you look in the Scriptures, all the times that people tried to make sure they wanted to be at the top, uh, obviously the most uh, pertinent image of that is the Tower of Babel. Let's build Let's build our name to the top so that people will know our name, but you can't do that. For man has to, in order for man to get to the top, they had to start at the, at the bottom. And so for us, you know, Jesus, uh, being who he is, who is God, who always has been, always will, be, will be, and always is, he does come and model that for us. Uh, and we talk about this in the culture of our staff, where we we want to work in such a way where if the lord were to call us into a different place we want to work ourselves out of a job. Right. That doesn't mean that we will actually work ourselves out of a job. Right. It doesn't mm. mean that always work to do. Yeah, there's but it does mean that Jesus himself modeled when we talk about the model of Jesus's ministry, he modeled in such a way where he humbled himself and he he did not stick around uh, he he ascended. He did not stick around in order for the church to succeed. He actually left in order for the church to begin doing its work Mm -hmm. and uh and i think that that's a a really interesting model for ministry because a lot of times what we want to do and this really is kind of part of the nuance of the sermon is is we think we have to have all of this power and control in order for things to be effective when in reality our job is just to be faithful and let god produce the fruit and uh and part of that faithfulness is just the the testimony of togetherness when A broken, divisive world, so divided that Christian families have a hard time sitting at a dinner table now because of what's happened politically in our country, Uh, that there are broken relationships within families, that there's a great witness to be said. This is what I said on Sunday, is I said, look around, this is the revolution. If we want to have a revolution, it's not marching up the Capitol steps to try to secure whatever vision we have for our earthly government. It's it's sitting in a in a community of people who are a testimony of the kingdom of God. People with different skin colors, people from different places in the world, people of different genders. Um, you know, we we have this common denominator that Jesus is Lord that brings hundreds of people together in a room, and then those people hear the word of God, go to their dinner tables, and talk about Jesus. And that's that's what true I think revolution looks like. So what true t- and that's what I love
0: like. about this week because although we you kind of spoke of it from the the first perspective of political like the bottom up is that we don't need to be so concerned about the political from the top down it's not just about the political from the bottom up it's about our lives it is about the family unit and therefore it's then how we live and it's how we interact and it's how we focus on making an impact because that was the point of what you said on sunday was how do you make an impact You make it by living the life of the people around you and Mm -hmm. doing what God has called you to do around those people, Yeah, and not worrying so much about who's in Washington, who's in the governor's office, even who's in local leadership, because ultimately the change you're going to make in life, and you've said this about like your your life with your kids and Curtis, your life with your boys, and for Bree and I, it's about the life with the circles we run in with the artists and stuff. We seek to make a difference in their lives specifically because that's so often who we are sitting
1: around the table with and so and it will and, it, and it's not a lot of times when we talk about this uh, there'll be a confusion of oh so we shouldn't care about our mayors and our governors and we do care about those right, things exactly. but we have to understand the process through which we get there by which right. we get there and so if we just think well my job is to wake up go to, do my due diligence go to church and just kind of check the check boxes this is what the rich young ruler, or even Nicodemus, in a sense, it, it, these uh, the Pharisaic mindset is For tell me what? By these, yeah, tell yeah. me, tell me this list, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and so it's divorced from a life. And Jesus was all about the life uh, of a uh, of a follower of His, a disciple uh, that did that ended up impacting the world uh, around around them. And so uh, eventually, and ultimately, rather, yes, we do want to see. Um, what we would call Christian principles impacting the world around us, but ultimately, um, it's not about it's not about DC enforcing Christian principles like Constantine did right. with Rome, because that, as we've said, can pres- can uh, create pretend Christians. Um, and so, it, it, and that's what we mean by bottom up. It's how do we affect Washington? Mm-hmm. Um, is it that if Washington's affecting us, or that we are affecting? them
0: and that's by living lives where we are impacting the the lives we live with the yeah. people around us yeah our family. and so how
1: great would it be yeah. if one of our kids in our church uh, came, uh someone in our community came to faith was discipled at tate springs went to college and made a difference in their college and and eventually uh ended up as a senator right you know they they they're, they're working from the community up okay. and then they're making an impact in that in that place that the Lord might have them, but, but it was, it's more of a local context that ends up rippling out. Curtis, it looks like you were about to say something.
2: Yeah. I was going to ask a question to you. So we talk about it and you say, you know, instead of focusing on trying to, trying to change the top to change everything else, we need to focus on starting in our own homes, starting at our own tables, just unpack just a little bit. Like, how do you, how do you see that happening in homes? Like from a practical standpoint, what are some things that you see as people needing to be doing around the table to make that impact? Yeah. So, um, I think it's a great question, but it really does come down to
1: being attentive. So the most important, uh, discipleship relationships I have are not in my, and I'm part of the variety of them. I'm part of them in our D group, uh, what we have at say Springs discipleship groups. Um, and so we have those, those are important small groups or Sunday school. Those are important. Our, our church membership, that's important. All these, all these things are important. But, um, the most important discipleship relationships I have are with my, my children. And so the way that looks with us is we sit at the dinner table. And, uh, and so we, we have a rhythm where we wake up and we go over something related, depending on whether it's spring, fall, or summer. But we have something, whether right now we, we were going through uh, before the spring, the uh, fall semester started in the summer, we we're going through the London Baptist Confession. And so honestly, it's as simple as me. I have the little book and I would open it up and I would read a section. We were talking about the the infallibility and the inerrancy of the, uh, the word of God. So we just talk about that and I read it and then they start asking questions and the conversation goes for five, ten minutes with lots of distractions. Um, <laughs> but it happens and uh and and that was a decision we started making a a while back and then i go to work i come home and uh and we have dinner and we talk about the day we always try to draw things back uh to the lord uh and so we have uh we just have these weekly rhythms where we have intentional conversations about about scripture and about the lord and so there's discipleship happening as we are living our life and Mm -hmm. of course a lot of our lives revolve around the local church Mm -hmm. so You know, we are, we're, we're memorizing Bible verses that they're sharing with their teachers. Uh, we're going through lessons that they get, uh, they're held accountable to. And and so it's not a model of this is the biggest shift that we've, that we intentionally made some years ago, which is it's not do your thing and then, uh, go to church and let the church handle your spirituality. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, it is that the primary spiritual care providers are those in the home the guardians the moms and dads or grandparents whoever it is that happens to be uh overseeing those children and uh, and so it's, it's so the church is supplemental to that in mm-hmm. other
2: words yeah and so i mean like we are literally talking about how deuteronomy 6 plays out in your home how when you walk along the way and when you sit down and when you when you walk through the process it's it's not just we have these intentional moments, but it's also every moment is intentional when it comes down to unpacking it. And from a like a parent child perspective, um, we can see that. But you know it's broader than that because we have other people at our tables, you know, figuratively speaking. And uh, and so like from a from a, a cultural standpoint, what about the other people at your table? You know how do you how do you share when the other people at your table don't feel the same way that you do about some of these things and you're trying to focus in on the this is what this is what we're about and someone else is trying to redirect the conversation to a top-down mentality how how do we encourage our families that were on the Thanksgiving dinner table mm-hmm. to address some of those things? Yeah, that's rough. I mean, I think that on one
1: hand, you know you um you have to be very sensitive. I, I do think that there's a there's a level of discernment that we also have to have, which is whether the, to engage or not engage. Whether to times. engage or not to engage, yeah, because just... sometimes people are just not in a place to have a genuine conversation. Mm. And it's hard because it does put you in a place of of judging whether or not uh, someone is. And I think you just have to do your best to fill that out. Um, and so and, and really, there's also times and places for that. And so, like with us, um, you know, f- when we go and we have Thanksgiving dinners on Thanksgiving, it's it's really probably one at the most two times a year that that collection of family is together, and uh, and so you sit around a table, and you want to talk about things, uh, but you know, you don't, to 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 use that really precious time to talk about I don't want to say meaningless things because politics is meaningful, uh, but to talk about things that are only going to to just be divisive the kids see that right they and and they're intuitively learning oh when we come together the this most important thing that yeah. that we're going to talk about is the election mm-hmm. or the most important thing we're going to talk about is is this or that or is there a way for us to focus on um some of the thing, some of the commonalities that we have and say hey tell me about your what what you know what, right. what you're you in your local church essentially or, mm-hmm. a
0: redirect like hey tell me yeah. more about this yeah, not not necessarily saying, hey, I don't want to talk about that, mm-hmm. because that just forces a focus on what they're not getting to talk mm-hmm. about, but rather redirecting and say, hey, tell me more about this. Like you said, trying to find the commonality. Um, so uh, I think, you know, how I would kind of look at that, Curtis, is, you know, if you already have that relationship, because that's the most important thing. Yeah. If you already have that relationship where, you know, you can talk about these things. Is if there is a time as jared said where it might not be the best time or the most appropriate redirecting sometimes you have to redirect and say hey you know maybe now is not the best time but i'd love to talk about this more with you later mm-hmm. um But then also if you do engage and you do talk about it and and
1: let me say this real quick also not being so personal so that's one of the everyone says talk to me about anything but religion and politics but that's all we ever want to talk about and those are very personal to us yeah and we do we we for whatever reason we get very personally offended about when um, people disagree when when people disagree with our decisions for this or that and and i think that's that's part of the point though part Mm -hmm. of the point is we, do we should we take things so personal that are hap- happening that have to do with people we've never met uh in a place that we that we're not uh you know going and attending and and so on and so forth the point is we we get so personal over things that are really not personal mm-hmm. and uh and 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 that i think is a evidence of our heart, which is again what is important to us right and uh and so we are we find ourselves more, uh, more tuned into, and caring more about things that uh, that are not as important again as the things happening our, in our own community and around our own dinner table. So, so our kids are dealing with uh, with things at school, um, or or whatever, and we're and we're instead spending time talking about things way up here rather than things mm-hmm. happening right in front of us. Yeah. So Jared,
0: as we think about this and we, you know, we uh, today gained some practical insight of, okay, how do we take the message from this week and apply it to our lives? How does this, you know, you already yeah. talked a little bit about what's coming. How does then that, you know, keep us moving through the book of Romans?
1: Yeah, I think practically what we did on Sunday is we said, here are a couple of tools, uh, to just to engage with your community. And we have invite your one annually, which is invite someone in the community to church on a certain date. And then the blesseveryhome.com, uh, which is a way to pray for your neighbors regularly. Uh, and uh, we offer care weeks for them. So those are really simple things where you put your time and your energy. And if you're going to take something personal, uh, take your neighbor personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, per, and what I mean is personally take them a, a care bag and, yeah. uh, and get to know them and spend your time and energy there. That that's what I that's what I mean, um, and uh, and then also, uh, you know, as this sermon series continues on, this next this next Sunday is a is a really sensitive subject. It's a it's a sensitive subject in our culture, and this will show that we ought to care about what's happening in our culture. Right. So as we say, reorder your priorities. We don't want listeners to listen, to be thinking, well, what they're saying is we don't care. No, we absolutely care. We right. just want to put things in the right order. Yes. And so, you know, this Sunday is going to be a really sensitive subject that's actually going to talk about why is there so much brokenness in the world? Right. And so how, how has it happened? Why is it happening? And what are we supposed to do about it? Um, and, so, uh, and so, yeah. So the last thing real quick uh, that we had on Sunday was not a worship on the, in the evening. And so we just want to briefly just, you know, say kudos to the worship ministry, the They're music awesome. ministry. It was yeah. such a great event. It was so nourishing to my soul. And uh, we just showed up on Sunday night, and we had a great group there, and we, we just sang songs. And just to kind of declare, uh, like I said last week, Jason, you are so uh, careful to select songs. We've, we talked early on in your tenure about a worship music canon, and so the songs we choose are very thoughtful, Scripture-oriented. And uh, and so I appreciate y'all putting that on. I think it was a blessing to so yeah. many.
2: And I loved loved the new song. Absolutely. The new original song. Really throne. cool. Yeah, uh, super fun. We'll be working on hopefully publishing and releasing that so.
0: soon. But uh, the worship ministry at Taste Springs is a huge blessing. And just seeing all the people that put the work into it. John Kennedy, Kendra Hickerson, Cord Reeves, Lexi uh, Turner and so many others. It's just amazing to see uh, what this team does when their focus is on glorifying God and not putting themselves up front. Yeah,
1: it was a blessing. Well, Mm -hmm. um, thank you all for tuning in uh, to another Lead Team podcast. Uh, We hope that this uh, post-worship podcast is a way for you to get more insight and information about some of the thought process, uh, some of the things, the hot-button issues that we were talking about, and look forward to uh, you tuning in next week. Thanks for listening.
0: At Tate Springs, we want to help you discover your part in God's story. Connect with us at tatesprings.com. We'll see you next time.